Hello. 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 Like a virgin. Touch for the very last time. Yeah. Like a virgin. Anyone know why I'm singing that one? No? Can, no. No, I don't. Matt, do you get the reference? The Madonna, the the virgin for those who have nobody with? No, dude. Madonna was like turbo into Kabbalah. Madonna, oh, was, man. Madonna was all That's about right. Madonna was all about the Kabbalah, dude. She was like one of the first major celebrities that was like, yeah, Kabbalah, dude. You're right. That was a minute ago, though. I, I know. I, know. I don't think she even gives a shit about that. Probably anymore. not. Yeah, I doubt she cares anymore. That's true. It's just one of her phases, like you know, her many. Whereas Taylor Swift would say eras. Eras, right? Her eras. Yeah, yeah she needs yeah. to just fully re-record every song she's ever written for more money. Yes, exactly. Madonna? It's a great business model. Yeah. No one's arguing that Taylor doesn't know how to make a fucking buck. Taylor, Taylor stacks on top of everything else. Taylor stacks. Yeah. Taylor stacks more like. It's like Ridley Scott cashing in on Gladiator too. I didn't. I you know what I real think. talk. I didn't even know there was a Gladiator too. It just started. Or I just heard about it like two days ago. Oh, oh, so it's not out yet. Okay, no, it's no, funny. No. Oh, got it. Okay. So well, he, uh, yeah. What's the plan? Doesn't he? Doesn't he die? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like apparently it's about the young kid at the end who's like it's uh, about another gladiator. Duh. I don't even think there's going to be a gladiator in it. It's a, it's about that kid who ends up becoming Caesar well, or whatever, emperor. Oh. But there, but I'm there like, surely there's gladiators. gonna be there has there to be, better have be. to be it's gladiator too. There's gonna be gladiator. That's like right. alien. That's like is. making a movie called Aliens with no aliens. <laughs> yeah, even Prometheus had aliens, and that wasn't even aliens. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's also all Ridley Scotch. Scotch. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? The cons because you're talking about pop stars. The yeah. console. Yeah. He just he just should have listened to Kelly Clarkson's "Broken and Beautiful." Oh my god! <laughs> I think he I think he should have just... listened to uh, "Simple Plan." <laughs> How could this happen to me? I've made my mistakes. Can you just imagine the console in like athleisure jogging through Mexico yes. with AirPods in, just being like? I'm broken and I'm beautiful. I'm broken in. And he's just crying, but he's like, he's like, you know, actualizing and forgiving himself and all this shit. That would be if uh, only a less interesting book, book, I think. Yeah. <laughs> a, wor- a, wor- a worse book. <laughs> It'd be like yeah, I think really that'd be more like a short story at best, a little microfiction. I think the console yeah. should have downloaded Overwatch 2 onto himself. It's true, dude. He could have been playing mm. with his buddies, having a great time, you know. No, do you Learning get it skills, a, never mind. improving. Anyway, well, uh, yeah, it's, I was just um, calling him Xbox. Paul was saying time. he's like a console, like a video game console. Oh, I yeah, get I was it. trying to entertain wow. myself. That this took book, so that took me a fucking second. Wow. <laughs> no, dude, uh, just sometimes your jokes fly so under the radar because they're they're complex. They're next level. Yeah. Almost, almost like almost as complex as the symbolism in this book that we're talking about mm-hmm. tonight. Oh, beautifully done! So, so let's do it. Uh, yeah, welcome to uh, episode uh, seventy-six of the Spy. I don't know what episode number it is. It's more uh, than the, that. Um, it is more than that. It's got to be way more than that now. Um, yeah, we're like 80, 86. No, dude, we've been at this for a couple, like 
couple years at this point. And we did, we, for a while, we did one every week. And then we did, we went back to less than that. It wasn't every week for like a full year though. It no, like, it was every week for like half a year. Still, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have no fun. So that would be like 30. I, I'm, my guess is like 80. Someone, someone count, someone get out there and yeah. count. Uh, this is the spine crackers podcast where yeah, we clearly don't. We talk about uh, books, me and me, yeah. Gabe and Matt and Paul. Yep. And um, I just want to say thank you for listening. And if you sure. like the podcast, go to patreon.com slash spinecrackers. I know. And then also, uh, you know, we, we ever since we talked to Pat Willems, he really drilled home the importance of the Apple podcast reviews on us. Yes. So, right. For whatever reason, do that. Do we have any new ones? I haven't. I looked. I haven't looked in a couple of weeks. I don't know if we have any new ones. But no, we should do. I'm looking at our podcast right now on the podcast app. We should title each episode like episode fifty something. The number? We don't do that. Yeah, Whatever, we don't bro. Do that at all. It's all good. That's what are we? Like what are we? Cabalist numerologists? We don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's a little bit about us, and. uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, we, got a, information. we got a honker today. We got a big old book to talk about today, and a, uh, and, a, and a famous one too. Famous one, mm. and uh, no, no spoilers, <laughs> but it's going to be controversial uh, among yes. among the the your your uh, interlocutors here. So mm, some um, of us love it. Some of us maybe don't love it so much. Yeah. So that's that's the deal. Um, and the book in in question is British author Malcolm Lowry's 1947 novel Under the Volcano. That's right. That is that correct. Was, that's the year, right? Yeah. 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 47. 1947, set in 1938. Set in 38, correct. Well, 38 and 39, technically. The first chapter is 39. True, you're right. Yeah, but uh, yes. Anyway, so yeah, Malcolm Lowry, man, under the volcano, it's a heavy hitter. Considered the second second book, he only wrote I th- two. I think no, I think throw? he wrote three. Right, he wrote. He this one. took a long time to do this. One. He wrote Aquamarine before this one. Uh, ultra Ultra Marine, Ultra Ultra Marine. My bad. Whoops. And then Sorry, already fucking up. And then he hear us, the O Hobbit. Lord, from heaven, thy dwelling place. Yeah, and then like short stories, I think, as well. Maybe that's a collection. I don't. I don't. I don't really know. This is my. Yeah. I guess this is. You know, I guess that goes without saying. But this is the only book of his that I've read. Uh, same. And this is also the second time that I've read this one. Oh, that's right. You've read this already. When did you read it? Uh, I was probably like twenty. When um, you thought you were like cool and edgy. Well, just more like you know scholarly and hitting like looking up big best books of the 20th century and just reading that list from online <laughs> you know what i mean oh yeah so so that's like the gravity's rainbow ulysses fucking infinite jest time period oh paul you uh, were you were right i was wrong the the hero so lord from heaven thy dwelling place is a short story collection so you were right only two novels 10 points self above wow that's damn uh yeah i mean the man had uh trouble writing this was kind of his like major torturous statement that it took him what 10 years to write about 
something like that. It might have even been longer. Um, I think Volman mentions it in the afterword, uh, or it's mentioned somewhere. Oh, which edition are you reading? I am reading the Harper Perennial Modern Classics edition with the skull on the cover here, like this. Yes, I have. It's the perennial as well, but it's like an older. Oh, okay. Uh, this one looks cooler than yours. Yeah, no, why do you, I would no, agree. Why do you have your background blurred out? It's My not bad. Like we're gonna steal your information. I'm stealing everything. Information. Everything behind me, me is pornographic, so I have to. Oh. <laughs> With Gabe's and uh, my faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. No, I actually, no one cares. It, doesn't, it literally doesn't matter at all. Okay, good, because I don't feel like looking for I was yeah. only saying that because when you, when you lifted your book up, it was blurred out. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, but your version's ugly. So <laughs> and that's really that's really all that matters. I was just trying to say that Steven Spender wrote the intro to mine. I don't even know if I have an intro in this version. Uh, oh, yeah, I do. Didn't read it. Uh, I believe it is the it is the spender intro though as well. Yeah. Big spender. Yeah. So big yeah. spender, baby. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about under the volcano, big old book. I mean, I would say, right, this is one of the I think people put this in this is in you know, fucking like you said, one of the great books. Yeah, definitely, definitely yep. in the like perennial lists of the great novels of the 20th century. Yeah. Um yeah, and one is of this, these books. This isn't. Is this modernism? Not really, right? People claim that because it like falls into that time period, but yeah. I think Lowry himself was not particularly like interested in that movement per se. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, it's not like you can't get involved a, yeah. in it by. But all I'm just saying is like, it's it's argued because of authorial intention versus just like the right. fact of when it was written and who was influencing him. Um. And also people claim this to be like one of these like proto auto fictive kind of things too, or whatever. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a stretch. I read some reviews that were like just making that leap of like someone supplying a, a but you can see, so you can he, like list so many other examples of people doing this or that it arguably happens every time a writer writes anything. Right. Which is, but just like the direct pull of biographical information. Dude, didn't, didn't, you, didn't we used to have a name for that? Didn't we like what, what the auto fiction, this is like an unnecessary. It sounds like autoerotic asphyxiation. It sounds <laughs> right. like something disgusting. My, my fucking middle school English teacher told me that was just called creative nonfiction, bro. And that's fine. You know, like who cares? What is this auto fiction? We don't need that term. Yeah, it's another kind yeah. of stupid little like trying to pin something down that's needlessly, you know, yeah. made, you know. But Parochialism, anyway. bro. Anyway. So we're talking about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I also think, you know, also the just to touch bet briefly again on the modernism thing, it's like I would I I think inevitably you can't read this book and and have Ulysses not at least occur to you a few times um just because yeah, of, that kind of just because large. of the structure and and the you know some of the writing in certain parts um yeah and and all that so i think that probably has something to do with it too ulysses was what like 22 something like that yeah right but you're talking about the sort of mobius strip structure yeah the structure the, mobius, the mobius strip structure the fact that it all takes place in one day and it's just kind of a guy wandering yeah. around like all even uh, just all of those kind of like seemingly superficial things and i would argue some some of the writing in some of the more like chaotic parts stream uh, of consciousness yeah, chaotic yeah. parts yeah yeah and also all the concerns are so modern yeah in, in terms of like the modernism sort of like label 
of like that time period, like post-war <laughs> right. rupture of meaning and all that like agony right. over that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So what do we got to do? This is my book. My, I wrote it and um, <laughs> I, I, I picked it also for the rest of us to read. So I guess my it falls book. on me to say why I picked it and talk a little bit about what it's about. And then we'll open it up for discussion. So patreon.com slash mindbraggers. Um, so, so I picked the book for exact, pretty much the reasons we just talked about. It's a big, important book that I felt like I, I should read. And, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, Lowry is just one of these kind of, um, you know, tragic figures in literature, right. In, and in art in general, that kind of perennially attracts people's, people's interest. Um, was, was now there's some controversy around his death. Is, is that right? Yeah. There's a, there's a question mark about the, was it suicidal nature? Not, was it, right? was it, uh, I was going to say, was it overwatch? Was it, um, overdose? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause he yeah. was like, what was it? Adderall? It, it was, was I mean, it just, it's just barbiturate, barbiturate. Yeah, sleeping pills, pills yeah. like, yeah. yeah. With, with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he just um, get too? Did he just like? Did he just get, get too, too rowdy? Ripped. Yeah, yeah. get too ripped and over overestimate what he could handle. Yeah, I love this. I love the. I love the coroner's, uh, like old. If the my one of my the funniest things is like old death certificates and the way they used to label deaths. <laughs> um, so the coroner's verdict officially for Lowry is death by misadventure. Misadventure. <laughs> <laughs> they still do that though, right? I don't know. They, I don't, they don't do that. No, I well, probably not that one. There's probably I think some it's still a euf- there, I think it's still a euphemism that sometimes gets tossed around. For what? For, suicide? For suicide when especially when families don't want um really it to be labeled that because of like reasons of like reputation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which That's is also it's it's kind of a be- you know, it's kind of a beautiful word for his life or like, you know, his life as seen or represented by the console even. Right. Like, yeah, so you know, troubled guy, uh, hardcore alcoholic, uh, you know, tried to do some writing and only got pumped out a few things here and whatever, you know. So, but yes, there are, like you said, there's a, a number of of um, so that's why I wanted to read it, but a number of autobiographical elements in here, in, in including like him and and uh, uh, his wife going to uh mexico and like you know having uh misadventures there right <laughs> right um so so surely some some elements of this came from his own experience but um basically i, I mean as i already mentioned i mean it's, it's a big book it's 400 pages um but as i already said it takes place all in one day uh, except for the first chapter the first chapter is a flashback or a flash forward i said well However you want to, however you want to think about it. Either the first chapter is current day, and the rest of the book is a flashback, or the first chapter is a flash forward for the rest of it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the first chapter is some of his kind of uh, uh, minor acquaintances throughout the rest of the book. A guy that owns the local cinema in Kwawanak, uh, right? Is that kind of how you guys were saying it in your head? Kwawanak. Cool, cool. Yeah, am I missing on. a syllable? I think I'm missing a, a, a syllable in there. Well, I listened to it on audiobook, so I, but I. Don't oh yeah, okay. How so it, what is how it? it was pronounced? It's pretty close. Okay. I can't actually remember. Which Quanaquoc? is the 
Kiwana Walk, right? Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. Which is a, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the indigenous name for Cuernavaca, which is yeah. uh, the capital of a of a, a state in Mexico, Morales, I think, um, Morelos. <clears throat> anyway, so it all takes place in and around the the locales of this um, city in Mexico, where uh, Jeffrey Furman, who is a a uh, ex-British uh, consul in Mexico, a British political official who has resigned because of Britain severing its political ties with Mexico at the time. Um, and as I said, this is 38, 1938. So war is ramping up in Europe and, you know, drama and fascism and and the Spanish Civil War and all that stuff uh, is, is sort of going on in the background. And it basically is the story outside of the first chapter of a day uh, in in this guy's life. Uh, as it turns out, spoiler alert, it is his final day uh, on Earth. Um, and it is the Day of the Dead in Mexico. And his wife has recently returned after uh, leaving him due to his alcoholism. Uh, and his brother is also in Mexico today. Uh, because of he he has returned from sea, um, he he sort of went on a a bit of a walkabout, I suppose. A upper crust British guy, his brother Hugh, um, you know, half wanting brother. to want, half brother. That's right, yeah, mm-hmm. wanting to become a, a seaman, uh, and and he becomes a he journalist, and he wanted to be a musician. He's, yeah, classic, you yeah. know, rich rich kid wanting to go slum it for a little while, right? I believe yeah. he was doing journalism at that time, covering war journalism of the Spanish Civil War. Yes. That was like the final thing he did before, I but think, the initial, to Mexico. The, the initial him leaving was to sort of become a seaman and play music and shit. and Vision right, quest, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's really um, into the guitar. So, guitar. yeah, he's really into the guitar big time. So they, his wife and Hugh have returned. To Mexico, and uh, it is basically a chronicle of their movements throughout the day, and uh, his drunkenness, and the interior monologues of of Hugh, Furman, and Yvonne, uh, his his wife or his his ex wife. They're they're technically divorced, um, but she's come back, and they're sort of trying to figure out what to do, and um, that's it. And he gets drunk a shit ton, and uh, a bunch <laughs> of people die. And uh, and they see a bullfight and they walk around and this all takes place under some big old volcanoes in the valley in Mexico. That's my plot summary. And I'm still well done. It. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's uh, uh, trillions of little little details and things, but. Yeah, that's, it's that's hard to do the plot because there's no like it's hard to actually pick out the actual plot points. Because it's mostly just inner monologue, inner monologues, dialogue, dialogue uh, walking around and and just getting drunk at a bunch of different fucking bars, verbally mm-hmm. fighting each other. There, and I the guess I, I guess I'll throw in. I mean, maybe it just I don't know if this is like a. I, I think this counts as a major plot factor, um, but it is. I, I don't think ever explicitly stated, but might as well have been that that Hugh and Yvonne had an affair, and also Yvonne had an affair with. Uh, one of Jacques. one of Furman's French uh, associates, Jacques Laruel. Yeah, yeah, Monsieur Jacques Laruel. Right. Ooh, that was good, man. Thanks, man. What were the mountains? Popocatépetl and something else. There was like don't ask mountain. me. Don't ask me to pronounce them. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, but those are the those are just because they're under the volcano. Th- those are the volcanoes. <laughs> yes. The other one starts. Yeah. The other one is it's like an X something. I X. You know. Yeah. But but don't have, you know? I didn't take any notes, which is stupid. Well, of me. Paul, you had the audio book. What were you? What'd you ask? What are the? How do you pronounce the volcano names? Oh, I I listened to it a thousand times. I'm not going to try to repeat it. I have right. I have I have no ability to. But Matt was pretty close. What he just said. Yeah. Popo. And then another one. Yeah. Um, and again, and and I'll just flag from the beginning, everything that I've read about this book, uh, uh, sort of on my own, is that like there's a lot of um, even down to like um, cognate puns that Lowry makes with the Spanish with the Spanish text and and mm-hmm. some of the native the native language in that area, which I don't know the name of. Um, where it's like it's this like double entendre in the native language and in English that right you know um, that if you if we were smarter uh, we maybe have picked up on more of that. Um, I will say totally unrelated, but we were I complained about it in the group chat uh, when we first started reading this book. Small pet peeve, and maybe I I, I can understand why this happened given his wordplay and and the jokes he's trying to make in these other languages and the double entendres and so on with these cognate phrases, just put a fucking translation as a footnote in the book for text that's not in English. Please, God, for for the love of God. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but then people wouldn't nerd out trying to, you know, being like, oh, I have to learn Spanish now to really understand this book. You know, that's totally why he didn't do it. I'm not saying he should have done it. I'm saying the publisher should do it now for these editions. Yeah, At least an end note so that you could, if so, if you so desired, turn back. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's that's not even like for. in the bodied text initially. Whatever. I, yeah, that's fine. End notes would be fine. It just bugs me. I just because I, I don't want to look it up. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have Google Translate open for half the book. But ha- I mean, I know that part of the, part of the love of this book is people. I think there's like a a website that is dedicated to like breaking the code of this book yeah yeah there's probably that's a few one. yeah the malcolm that's, lowry project mm-hmm. yeah that's what it is yeah so pe- i mean people that like these types of books like that type of thing i know but that just add, but just having i don't think just having the translation would diminish that no i agree yeah but i'm just saying it that's i think that's part of the reason why people that like that kind of thing like this book yeah it's yeah another layer of like oh it's, the, it's the, the, again it's another it's another kind of like uh ulysses type touchstone right you just break you try to break down every fucking phrase and word and and nerd out over what's the reference what's the symbol etc well i think it happens to be one of those books that actually like pays pays off when it's done which is not every book obviously but yeah there's like a whole there's like a whole academic cottage industry around like Lowry studies, like any other, like major, major, you know, writer or artist. It, you want to know my hot take? What? Mm. I, and I haven't read Ulysses in a very long time. I don't think even Ulysses quite pays off in the way that this book does in terms of the study. Cause I think Ulysses is, is has a, ratio of meaningful metaphor meaningful symbol meaningful reference to uh just like haha look at this obscure reference to some fucking scottish fucking lord that is meaningless that is uh uh less good than the ratio that this book has 
I have no way to confirm that's, or deny that's that. That's my fucking hot take for the episode. Get mad, die mad about it, Ulysses nerds. I don't care. Certainly a different worldview. Yeah. Certainly a, plumbing a different, like, sort of depth in this than anything like Joyce was interested in. Right. Probably largely due to the fact of alcoholism. Yeah, so let's talk about that. That's a like arguably the thing in the, the book, thing, right? Yeah. Like is is the you know Furman, who is mostly referred to in the text just as the consul, um, his just just absolutely buck wild, <laughs> absolutely. He he yeah. he is he's cooking on the alcoholism, yeah. like. I, I would be, I'm sure someone's done this, but I would love to go through and count the number of drinks that this man has in 24 hours or 12 hours even. Because yeah. Because it, it has to be in the, like, like 60, 70 range. <laughs> like, or like maybe like, maybe like 40, 50. It's, a, it's an insane amount of alcohol that this guy's consuming. Yeah. And sometimes mm. a drink, like that would count as one. It's like a half a bottle of mezcal. It's like, it's like a full-on chug <laughs> of fucking tequila that he hid somewhere in his house. Yeah. And yeah, then sometimes yeah. it's just like fucking mouthwash. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no shit. That's like the the man is just a fish. He's, he's deep. He's, he's deep. He's, he's, he's deep in it. He's terminal. Like, he's got the 100%. DTs. Yeah. Like he he'll die. D- he, he gets the DTs after like ten minutes without a drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he weren't killed in this day, he'd be dead like mm-hmm. soon. You know, which but, I think is part of the th- which I think is part of the point, right? Like exactly. The book is like it's 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 Greek in a sense, right? Like it's faded from the jump. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah, the threads of fate lead only exa- one way. Exactly. Like he's not getting out of this. He's not like it's 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 he's 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 cooked. He's fully cooked, no matter what. And we're just kind of weaving together the specific kind of recipe of his his cooking. Yeah. Well, did you did uh, you read the only oh, um the only small hope towards like three quarters of the book was is him like possibly getting back together with his wife and that all comes to a halt, you know, pretty soon after the hope is like initially planted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like dark from the start. Which I think that's, that's also an an element of the tragedy, right? Is that there is this one moment at the bullfight where they, they have this opportunity. They both kind of are like, we need to, let's fix this. I love you. I'm, 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 you know, whatever, but even that builds up before that too, with like the chapter with Hugh and Yvonne talking, Mm -hmm. um, and Hugh kind of like talking about them moving to Canada and potentially having a vision of their better life. Yeah. Which I thought I was like cool on Hugh because I think you find out after that, that there might've been an affair with those two, but they have like this kind of decent relationship. Um, Hugh, uh, yeah, I I don't like you. Hugh, Hugh also, it, Hugh, I st- I still feel like there's a credible argument to be made that they didn't sleep together. It's more of like, I, I it's it's like explicit that Hugh loves Yvonne. Uh, that's very clear. Like he's in love with her, and like, you know, he just hangs around 
and like tries to find every like free and moment sneak her off to, like sneak her off on dates while yeah while basically the do consoles a fucking date. passed out drunk in the bathroom yeah kind of like my brother's disgusting he doesn't deserve this like amazing woman right. i think laurel soy 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 i think laurel and yvonne did fuck 100 percent. oh yeah and so i think that's sort of like the reality but but jeffrey you know by just feeling the vibes of hugh and yvonne and particularly his half brother is like he's haunted by the specter of cuckoldry which right. is like another which is a <laughs> right. huge because he was he knew it with uh laurel mm. and that's like one of his many sort of demons like haunting him and taunting him and like telling him at once it's like this uh thing he should be feeling despair or anger about and also being like he doesn't give a fuck who gives a shit like fuck it yeah it's just more of your degradation and you love that yeah exactly dude. Ch- <laughs> fucking yeah fuck it dude chug beers <laughs> just 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 you know hammer them back and just who gives a shit it's all let part it fucking of the- let it ride baby let it ride <laughs> fuck it i will say that I'm, I'm glad you guys didn't choose to start off directly with on the podcast of just being like cheers to lowry i'm gonna be drinking a whiskey because so many people on <laughs> did you did you watch cliff's, cliff's review i did yeah, watch sure it's did. the worst one i've ever seen yep it's so, so fucking goofy. cringe it's, he doesn't talk about the book at all he's just like i'm drunk this is a great book blood yeah <laughs> so fucking cringe dude <laughs> it's so bad so cringe. i mean i, I will to say be that fair, like, okay to be fair it's to really cliff, old it's like eight years old to be fair to he, cliff like, just started he often never talks about the fucking book that he's reading he just talks about yeah. other books that he likes or uh like a fucking ridge nick, wallet. Ca- nick cave yeah. album or ridge wallet yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was so goofy i did go to you i did there's so few yeah again off the sort of topic of the book slightly but yeah like i looked for reviews online not a lot no not a lot you have cliff who drinks whiskey and says Damn, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he just goes, it's really good. You should read it. And then, yep. he, then he logs off. <laughs> yep. And then uh, there was one guy who did like a full 13 part video series, breaking it down. And he was all right, but he kept calling Jeffrey Joffrey every five <laughs> seconds. Too much Game of Thrones, bro. And so I just, I like, you know, maybe I'm a snobby dickhead but like i just couldn't watch him after a while it's like yeah. it's it's jeffrey and i know i mispronounce things all the time and i have no leg to stand on here but uh other than that no uh well that's an well, easy that's I, one that you shouldn't mess up right jeffrey and joffrey it's a little yeah it's a weird one making a 13 part video series and you say joffrey well we'll so, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the audio book experience later actually because that's that plays a, a a key role in your experience of the book, Paul. I think, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because, like, why? Because this book has this reputation of being like it's the juice, right? It's part of the. It's one of the great books of of modern literature, and and yet, it's the I think pe- I don't know. You know, I don't think people are are intimidated by it per se, but it's it's fucking intense, man. It's fuck. Well, it's, it's bleak. An, it's it's an intense read. I think it's it's just superficially very, very, I mean, not even, but you know, it's dark subject matter and there's a bleak ending, you know, superficially. Yeah. Right. And it's like, 
I think some people are just that's just a bummer, and they're just not it. They just don't they just want don't, that. They just don't need that in their life right now, bro. I know a lot of smart people who love reading books, but if a book is like, you know, I mean, the worst one is like unlikable characters, but that crops up a lot in some of my discussions with people about oh, yeah. books. But sometimes it's just like I don't need to be reading. It's like toxic positivity with books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a real thing. You know, I mean, and I, I think like it's. It, I was thinking a lot reading this book about the last book we read, which was also fucking depressing as shit. Yeah, uh, we silent, silent cry, and yeah, we gotta. And now you, and then you're having us read the passenger next, bro. Like, I'm sorry. what the fuck? We gotta. We need to. We gotta. We gotta get some. Oh, I'll like, switch it. I didn't know it was sad. Some, huh? I didn't mm-hmm. know it was sad. No, it's oh, Matt's, Matt's pick. Matt's pick. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? Paul, can you pick like a Dave Barry like a bathroom jokes book or no, something? No, he's got next, a good one. He's got a baseball book next. Yeah. That's me. That's oh, not next. Yeah. Or not next, but the one after that. Yeah. No, I ha- I have two that I I don't think are depressed. I ha- I All picked right, a uh, Percival Everett book. Oh well, could be could go either way. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, don't know. it'll be funny at least. Yeah. But anyway. I think, you know, we, when we talked about that book, one of the things we said was like, it was, it was like, we laughed at points. Like it was just like one fucking thing after another. Right. And it was just like, yeah. you know, it was just like, have you ever seen, it's a, it's like a meme on Twitch. I think it originally comes from XQC's chat and someone's <laughs> like, and so let me, I'm going to look it up because it's really funny, but it's someone who's like, and I think it, it it's become like this copy pasta on Twitch where someone's like going to like XQC and being like, XQC, my dog died and my wife left me and um, <laughs> and like my leg fell off. It's like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's it, it, it's a short thing. It's just like, hey, XQC, my dog died. My parents were murdered. My girlfriend was diagnosed with cancer and has four days left to live. My cat has two days left to live from eating a bomb. And I have one day left from cancer and AIDS. Your stream has really cheered me up. <laughs> and I feel like, and I feel like, and I feel like that was kind of like what the silent cry was like, right? Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. But but like the thing that's fucked up about this book is like there's that even there's not even that type of like levity where it's like this is absurd. This is just like one slow, ponderous crawl into oblivion for the whole fucking book. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's mm-hmm. so funny is that Lowry thought that this book was funnier he's like no you you read my book and there's like there's a lot of moments of levity and humor that i peppered through and if you finish it and then go back to the beginning i think the astute reader would see that there's uh actually quite a hopeful message here <laughs> and I was, he's fucking trolling dude he's and, fucking and, trolling and i was like what are you talking about there's you're no dead shot. From yeah. suicide, probably. What yeah, do you I was about? laughing a little bit when it was just like the console talking about how hungover he was and how like terrible he felt. And then like two sentences later, he's just like, I'm going to have another drink. Yeah. I think I'm going to get another drink. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite part was the like drunk on the bus who oh, somehow yeah. he, he was like a, like a dope nodder. Like somehow he like was like just completely sprawled on these chairs, but he kept like, catching his hat subconsciously as it like slid off of his head and putting it back on his head and like somehow keeping his like wits about him with this weird like vestigial like lizard brain sort of proprioception that he's maintained yeah but that's about as close as you get to like funny it's Mm -hmm. like 
some slapstick and imagining like the Pratt falls of like drunks basically. Right, right. Which, which like, depending on your orientation is just like not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? like, like, you know, I think it's, it's, and I think, you know, it's a book that just like, and I'll just speak personally a little bit here. It's, it's a book that just, if you've ever known a drunk, a real, like a real drunk, it just hits, mm-hmm. it's too fucking real. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's so accurate to down to the like hiding of the things and down to the like, well, you know, I'm like, if I, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I need the, the, the whole, like, I need two drinks to like get to get better and that'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like all of these like little details that are so clearly from Lowry's own, own, you know, day-to-day life are just like, things that you would never be able to to articulate as as precisely as he does without that experience. Oh, I do wonder yeah. what he was like writing this. I know it took like a long time to write, but I assume he probably I mean, to know this character so well, I just assume he it's like obviously him. So much of it is him that yeah. we talked about before. But like how did he even find the time to write it in those 10 yeah, years? Yeah, le- I mean legit. I mean, it seems like too short amount of time. Yeah, you know. and it almost burned his house in Dollarton, Canada, British Columbia, burned, and the only thing he saved was his manuscript and all this yep. shit. Like, he kept having all of these horrible misadventures. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it is crazy that he he even got this out. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, I mean, and I also think on the other side of it, the other side of the coin is that, like, he also and i know we'll get into this because i know this was a a a, a potential objection or or issue you had paul but he also does cat this is like the the allure of alcohol it's a whole thing about alcohol is that it can it's it's you're literally like pissing and shitting your pants in the on the floor of a bathroom and you don't know what time of day it is or where you are and your wife is leaving you but then there's also these like the reason people fucking like it these like tender moments with other people who are drinking with you with your family or like in a quiet fucking little little bar on the side of the road where you're like chilling and vibing and like meditating on life and looking at the sunset and like it all of those things come together in this book so in such a like it it's a i don't know it's i don't know what else to say other than heartfelt like it's just clear like that he this is he's 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 been on this road and seen the ups and downs and and feels all of them equally acutely, you know? Well, he's totally in love with alcohol, you know, totally is. Yeah. But yeah, right. I mean, even those moments that, you know, I could tell like those tender moments reading them for me. Like, I'll, I'll just be clear. I haven't drank alcohol in 14 months. I'm like over it, you know? So it was a difficult book for me to read. Yeah. And those tender moments, I was still just like, I fucking hate this. Like, this is not tender to me. This is still sad. Like when even the in, towards the beginning, when he's talking about that one, he says, like, only a drunk could like understand the beauty of this woman playing like slots at four yeah, in the morning or uh, something dominoes, like that. I think, right. That was one chicken. That was like the first time I texted you guys and I was like, I fucking hate this book. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, no, it's fucking <laughs> disgusting and ugly. And that's I hate that, you know. Well, but the other um, thing is, right, like the way he writes about it is some of those moments are ones that he's 
that are that are objectively stupid and 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 or gross, but that he justifies with this like, you know, and we'll talk about the Kabbalah later stuff as well. But it's like this arcane knowledge, right? This like, oh, I'm the only person who can perceive this, and everyone is missing out because you know they're not they're not you know drunk drunk like me right at this moment, and it's like that fine line between like, you know. You know what? That could be true sometimes. You're having fun when you're drunk, and you, you're you're having a moment that that you wouldn't have otherwise. But then, what percentage of it is complete delusion that the console's making mm-hmm. up for himself? You know? Yeah, because yeah, he 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 describes himself as being like the cartographer and like zoologist of hell. Yes, and he wants he wants to catalog all the flora and fauna of hell, and he's sort of like pierced the veil with his a certain amount of drinking to be able to have like second sight and like see some sort of you know completely horrific reality underneath everything uh yeah i think part of his like the only saving grace for him though is like there's a lot of nature writing that is i loved mm -hmm. and he has like a, a really like a fondness for landscape and just beauty yeah he, he seemed to only see true beauty through nature and the landscape and animals and the mountains and the volcanoes and stuff but it was sort of like interesting herzog it sort of reminded me of like herzog's sort of take Mm. it's like mindless killing and fornication (laughs) 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 like just you know but it's 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 impressive that it's the extent to which that's all around you and how like ubiquitous and violent it is yeah well, I, I read it as like the console having these moments of trying to get grounded because there were some parts where he was totally fighting against his like desire and his, his, uh, his addiction, you know, and I think that, that would morph into the nature writing and then he would snap right out of it and be in these little moments of despair or, you know, drunken beauty. But I, I felt like those moments were the only times he, he could like see himself. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I think like, you know, he he never, you know, he you know, you mentioned this like this like fighting. He never really does, also, right? It's like at the beginning, another classic like alcoholic move, right? It's sort of like, no, 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 look, I'm I'm basically off it. The doctors got me on this fucking uh, uh strychnine concoction that he's drinking <laughs> at the at the beginning, right? In the first in the first chapter, he's like, no, no, this is good, it's fine. He's like, yeah, it's it's fine, you know, and and then like within like five seconds, he's like, you know, maybe just you know, I just need the one to just be be normal, right? And then he just throws the other one. Away, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's definitely an egotistical, self centered asshole, and I hated him. And I don't blame his wife at all for dabbling around in the year that he was off in Mexico trying to drink himself to death. Yeah, she was there with him for a year, right? Like she was there with him for a while and then she left. Yeah. I mean, I think like I mean, this is the whole thing though, right? Is is obviously certainly, you know, you don't blame her for leaving. One of the critiques that I've seen of this book, Volman even brings this up in the afterward, is the 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 contrivance of her coming back at all, right? Like what what why? What's the motivation on her end? We don't really necessarily ever get a you know a, a good accounting of of this you know we know there were letters that they were like writing to each other that that many of which didn't never got delivered one way or the other because they were fucking across the world from each other in the 30s um well but, it's, it's inferred that he's just a hot guy 
too. He's like tall and hot and strong. And beard. he's also he's just got a big beard. Big beard. He's just like a charismatic, you know, successful guy. Mm-hmm. So she was just in love with him, you know. That made sense to me. And also, I think back. probably, you know, and this is, I think, something that Lowry kind of leaves up to us more. But like the the the, the bits that we get about Yvonne's background, like basically Hugh and Levon and Yvonne each have a chunk of a chapter dedicated to their own kind of like right. background and, and thinking. So we get this backstory about Hugh going on his vision quest. And then Yvonne was basically a child actor um right like she was she's i think she's originally from hawaii and then kind of like gets into these like western films basically yeah she could like ride a um, horse and she right. was like yeah hot. but she was kind of suckered by her agent right or the agent promised her like you're the next best thing and then right it's a, but that's like what agents do yeah she so, got mega gassed up and then like there was no career for her as like an adult woman right yeah if you were to go to her imdb page it would be like you know girl in you know some at best yeah at best she had like a like a michelle trackenberg moment you know what i mean like yeah shout out if michelle you want to come on the show love harriet the spy let's go hope you're doing better yeah guest guest star of criminal minds but that but i think but you know the yeah true that's right she was on criminal minds um but the thing the the thing i was bringing up yeah the thing i was bringing up is that i think the implication is also that there's some like um some daddy issues perhaps at play right with uh this older kind of authoritative political guy and and the, you know the tortured the tortured like you know, i can save him the whole nine yards mm. right because she basically earned a bunch of money as a kid and helped right like finance her father's perpetually failing like business ventures right. yep um because he could just never get it together. He'd always get some big opportunity and then just fumble it really oh, yeah, hard yeah, and yeah. lose everything. Well, he yep. he tried to make like a like a pineapple plant yeah. or something, and he was yeah, doing like yeah. like uh, we, well, I forget what he said, but it was just like weird. Like he wasn't growing the pineapples, that's for sure. But he was trying <laughs> to do like other stuff with the pineapples. Yeah, yeah like oh, what if we, what if think about a pineapple? Think about how the top is leaves. It's like yeah. maybe we can do something with the leaves only and throw the pineapple away. Yeah. He's like doing like weird, yeah, like bad, just, cl- like, just classic, just like just classic fucking leech dad of a famous kid. You know what I mean? Like exactly. You know, yeah. So I think that yeah. that plays a part in 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 you know maybe the the big a big part in in why Yvonne comes back at all. Like Connor in succession. Succession. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, she definitely has some sort of like swing come into the rescue of like a a male figure right yeah as like some sort of like pathological pattern and you do get this you do get the like i i watched the movie the john houston movie adaptation of Mm -hmm. this which uh it's fine houston's a good director and uh you know albert finney's a great actor but like he plays him almost too drunk in a way where i'm like right I think in the book you get much more of a sense of what he was before he really slid into that like next terminal phase of just being an alcoholic. Yeah. Where he was that brilliant guy. He was really charming. Like he did have like ambitions and he was like uh, a pleasure to be around. You know what I mean? Like somebody Mm -hmm. who could maintain like a pretty like 
sizzling romance with somebody and like live in foreign countries and like you know that's something that you didn't really in the movie i i feel like he's just this like absolutely pathetic figure just like sloppy the entire time. idiot you're just like how you know like how could she even have a glimmer of respect or hope that this is going to work for him any longer well there's a, well, one thing that uh lowry does pretty brilliantly with the console though is like displaying his thoughts when he's like i don't know what the phrase is but like super drunk but keeping it together and yeah. almost in, at like a heightened state of social awareness mm-hmm, for sure like and I've I've been there before, at least I think, and you know, where it's oh, just yeah. like you think that you're just like, you know, the most charismatic, the most like engaging in the moment, and then and then it will slide down, and you'll feel like you're gonna fucking fall over, and then well, you know it's like a weird concoction of like right, you can't drinks. talk, yeah. And then one of my uh, one of my favorite fucking scenes in the book that touches on this, and I'm just gonna read it. It's long, but I also think it's important to give people like a sense of the the writing here. Yeah, we should read some, um, yeah. just because we haven't done that yet. Um, but so this is later later on in the book, and they're they're back from the bullfight, um, and uh, this is I think this is right before uh, there's a there's a big blow up with with uh, the consul and Hugh over Hugh's political views um and like the the sort of idealism of of communism and and kind of like this you know his support for you know the the people's revolution and people's revolution spanish civil war you know hugh is also like throughout the book like racked with guilt because he he feels for for some kind of unspecified reason that his absence as a journalist is causing (laughs) you know the spanish civil war to go one way he's obsessed (laughs) with the battle of ebro right yeah um so this is this is just before that, just before the console sort of finally pops off on uh, on Hugh and Yvonne in this uh, in this bar. And I think this really speaks to what you're saying, Paul, about like he was that guy. He w- he was he was fucking him. You know what I mean? Charismatic, fucking like smart, like all over it. And then this scene, I think, really captures like where he's at by the end of the book. <clears throat> It was growing darker. The guitar player, it seemed, was sitting in the corner wearing dark glasses. They had missed this bus back if they'd meant to take it. The bus uh, the bus that was going to take them home to Lexala. Uh, but it seemed to the consul that, over the coffee he had all at once, began to talk soberly, brilliantly, and fluently again, that he was indeed in top form, a fact he was sure was making Yvonne, opposite to him, happy once more. Fjordstick. Hugh's Norwegian word was still in his head, and the consul was talking about the Indo-Aryans, the Iranians, and the sacred fire. Agni, called down from heaven with his fire sticks by the priest. He was talking of Soma, Amrita, the nectar of immortality, praised in one whole book of the Rig Veda, Bang, which was perhaps much the same as Mescal itself. And changing the subject here delicately, he was talking of Norwegian architecture, or rather... (laughs) How much architecture in Kashmir was almost, and there's no, there's been zero periods yet, by the way. It's all just commas, like, kind of like, again, getting back to that, like, Ulysses vibe. Spew. That people got from yeah. Right. Um, how much, or rather, how much architecture in Kashmir was almost, so to speak, Norwegian. The Hamadan Mosque, for instance, wooden with its tall tapering spires and ornaments pendulous from the eaves. He was talking of the Borda Gardens in Quanawak, opposite Bustamante Cinema, and how much they, for some reason, always reminded him of the terrace of the Nishat Bagh. The consul was talking about the Vedic gods who were not properly anthropomorphized, whereas Popocatepetl and Ixtilwatl, um, or were they not? In any event, the consul once more was talking, that's the two volcanoes, that's the other one, Ix- Ix- yeah. Ixtacawatl. 
I-X-T-A-C-C-I-H-U-A-T-L. Uh, or were they not? In any event, the consul once more was talking about the sacred fire, the sacrificial fire of the stone soma press, the sacrifices of cakes and oxen and horses, the priests chanting from the Veda, how the drinking rites, simple at first, became more and more complicated as time went on, the ritual having to be carried out with meticulous care since one slip, tihi, would render the sacrifice invalid. <laughs> Soma, bong, mezcal. Ah, yes, mezcal. He was back upon that subject again, and now from it had departed almost as cunningly as before. He was talking of the immolation of wives and the fact that at the time he was referring to in Texila, at the mouth of the Khyber Pass, the window, the widow of a childless man might contract a Leverite marriage with her brother-in-law. The consul found himself claiming to see an obscure relation, apart from any purely verbal one, between Texila and Tzlakala itself. For when the great pupil of Aristotle's, Yvonne, Alexander, arrived in Texila, had he not, Cortez-like, already been in communication with Ambi, Texila's king, who likewise had seen in an allegiance with a foreign conqueror an excellent chance of undoing a rival, in this case, not Moctezuma, but the Purave monarch, who had ruled the country between Jelma and Shanab, Flexala, the consul was talking, like Sir Thomas Brown, of Archimedes, Moses, Achilles, Methuselah, Charles V, Pontius Pilate. The consul was talking furthermore of Jesus Christ, or rather of Yus Asav, who, according to the Kashmiri legend, was Christ. Christ, who had, after being taken down from the cross, wandered to Kashmir in search of the lost tribes of Israel and died there in Shringar. But there was a slight mistake. The consul was not talking. Apparently not. The consul had not uttered a single word. It was all an illusion, a whirling cerebral chaos, out of which at last, at long last, at this very instant, emerged rounded and complete order. And then he pops off at um, at Hugh and Yvonne about politics, <laughs> and I just think I just think that's so fucking good. Like that, that's what it is, dude. Like you think you're popping off, and you're like the genius, like awesome guy, and you're and you're out there just being like, yeah, dude, fucking, that's what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing that he was just like actually staring off and drooling. Yeah, like, yeah, literally, it might have been right. Yeah. And then he's just like, uh, and yeah. you guys, you guys, you guys fucked suck. each other, didn't you? You guys are fucking, fucking what have you guys dick done? In her for, dinner, you you haven't done anything for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> literally, dude. He's literally <laughs> just like, who do you think you I'm are? Number five. <laughs> but like, it, and and to me, that passage is just so sad, right? Because it's, he's, he's, locked himself in this chamber right yeah and he, and he and he has these thoughts and these ideas and all this shit he wants to do and he's just locked himself in and and pitched the key out the fucking great yeah yeah Damn, yeah that, that, one that, that moment was like uh i was like oh this is like the the apex of the beginning of the the end i that think moment. that's right yeah that's like the beginning of the end i think that's yeah. right paul I just, I was like, oh, this is like peak delusion moment. Yes. Where, and I got the sense that it hadn't happened before to, to that extent. And I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. It's Jover. It's so Jover. It's it was Jover. so Jover. <laughs> it was, it was so fucking Jover at that moment. And I think it, like Lowry does a good job, like even throughout the book. And we can talk about like, there's so much shit to talk about. We're going to have, well, this is going to be a minute. This is why we started early tonight. Cause we got to talk about the Kabbalah, which I know you did some research on Matt. Uh, the whole. Oh, we, we can go a little long with the main episode. Huh? Yeah, we can go a little long with the main episode, and and then go to the Patreon stuff. Um, because it is a longer book. It's a longer book, and then there's all this shit. There's all these symbols. There's the horse with the seven. There's the numerology shit. 
like there's the the 12 chapters which is more or less straightforward it's the 12 hours of the day um but anyway like i feel like lowry does a good job over the course of the 12 chapters of like at the beginning it's kind of like okay this guy's a drunk but he's like functional right okay yeah, yeah he, he hides the bottle he takes a nip when he's when no one's looking and you know but you start to see the cracks early on like he he like finds bottles that he forgot about hiding like in the garden and shit right yeah. um yeah and and you know you you see all the classic alcoholic stuff but you're like okay he's like more or less functional and then but uh, again there's those moments where he finds the bottle he forgot hiding there's another big moment at the beginning where he's just walking up the street again kind of like in one of these reveries and he just falls on his fucking face and lays there in the dirt on the street until some guy almost runs him over um but like as it progresses it just he just gets more and more fucking out of pocket you know what i mean like totally delusional totally no idea what's going on and and it, it it's conveyed so well to us as the reader because like we lose track of what the fuck is going on is this a is this a memory is this something he's making up is this actually what's happening you know well he was he was he was in this sort of like stasis for a while because nothing outside of his like his own mind and like really and people that he was interpersonally related with that had that didn't invite any outside memories like could could spin him out into a different you know sort of like place yeah like spiritually and mentally he he was he was pierced right by like Hugh and Yvonne's return like his whole fucking bubble was pierced yeah. uh yeah like when Yvonne first like appears to him he's in a bar he had he is recovering from another all-nighter with like yep. some doctor Vihil. uh yeah and uh yeah he's just not ready like she just comes in and he's been building up this other fiction in his mind about what their relationship was and he's got this like sort of symbolic stack of letters that he's never opened and that he gave to this like bartender to yep. tend as well um but it's all this like edifice that he's built up like because ultimately it's just you know my 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 perception of like his whole reality and his whole like oh i'm the cartographer of hell and all he really is in is a sort of purgatory. Yeah. He's like not in, he's like, to me, he's like, he's not in hell. He's and just in like a absolutely voiding purgatory with like where, where nothing can be done and that, and it feels like fate. And it is, that's but, how it's written, right? Like that's how the book shakes out. It's in yeah. the, it's, and then the other thing it's, it's, it's in the fucking stars, dude. The constellations are also a huge symbol. In that's right. Book, right. Yeah, astrology is like the the astrological, like the Scorpio symbol and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then become... literal scorpions that show up throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And Yvonne, when and she Ooh. dies, FYI, everybody. Uh, Paul's big mad. Paul's big mad about what? I just I don't like symbols. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see why this book might have been the most frustrating thing to have read possible. It wasn't frustrating in terms of me not like. Like I could see them, but I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like Stop like Ulysses simple. or Finnegan's Wake, which you know, it's like Lowry was also very obsessed with like layering and like concurrence and like kind of uh, you know resonances happening between like layers of meaning of a single word or the use of a single symbol. 
Right. Well, uh, that would be a kind of a modernist idea, wouldn't it? Especially yeah. like, yeah, 100%. exactly. Especially like the the dissonance of like paradox between something symbolizing what would seem its opposite, you know, like that picture of the mountain splitting mm-hmm. next to the marriage proposals or like near the marriage license office and things yeah. like this. Like, so it, it's difficult to talk about for that reason as well, because, you know, you can't just say like, oh, this one-to-one isometric or whatever, like relationship to this other thing and map it. It's like, no, you got to drill down every time you say anything about anything that appears. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it, uh, the, uh, the, the Gatsby, uh, the Gatsby billboard, this is not, uh, uh no, symbol, no, symbolism no. wise. <laughs> no, no, no. These are load bearing walls. Yeah. But right. every, but every brick is like a load bearing brick of a wall. Right. Which I like. But yeah, well, you just um, hate, you just hate there's no such thing as um, load bearing bricks. Uh, <laughs> All right, Mister Construction Man, we got the fucking construction man over here. Bob the Builder is going to tell us what Jeez. we think. Paul, I work builder, on your construction dude. metaphors next time, man. Okay. Yeah, more. Okay. Yeah, more. Okay. I, want, I, I think okay. the people want more construction metaphors on the show. Okay, babe, gotta work on that. Okay. Oh, how, about a con- <laughs> how about a concrete beam? <laughs> yeah. I don't see what the problem is. Just put a like a harder material with more tensile strength. Or I don't know, even know how to use a term. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think I said this in another episode. I when I think of just like layering in terms of metaphors and symbols, I just think of like the Zodiac Killer just being like, hey, "You don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I have a code. <laughs> Figure it out." And uh, that annoys me. I can't get that out of my head. I mean, okay. Here's here's where I'll I'll extend an olive branch to you, Paul. I do I do have lingering feelings like that sometimes about, and I need to reread it as an adult. All that about stuff like Ulysses, uh, like some of these these texts that are like, and in Ulysses' case, he just said it right. It's purposely dense. It's purposely goofy. I'm trying to trick people, and ha- I, you know, his his stated goal was to have, you know, literature professors obsessing over every fucking word in a hundred years, right? That was his stated goal of the book. I think that's kind of fucking goofy. And I, and it does, it does give me the ick slightly with respect to like Joyce and Ulysses. I think that's mm. legitimate. I think this is, I think this book is very different. I think this is like from the heart of Lowry. Like, I think this is how he fucking saw and felt and like experienced the world. You know what I mean? Like it feels yeah. so authentic to the the image of him that I think comes through in the console that it's not like that that le- that layer of artifice in something like Ulysses I think is just completely absent here and so I don't have that same like beef you know what I mean and I think I think Lowry felt that way about what he was doing yeah and he had a lot of anxieties about it too like he was so self-hating about his uh using any reference and the book is filled to the room with them and apparently every time he did he's like i'm a plagiarist hack piece of shit with no original (laughs) thoughts uh but at the same time you know it's like uh, you know and it could be an aspect of the alcoholism that lowry himself had right like he can't he can do anything he can't do anything but like you know because those guards are down he can't run a cold intellectual exercise because he's too fucking hammered almost right. all the time. The nerves are raw. 
and maybe well, and just also, perversely also, that produces something like really heartfelt and also which is one of these like mixed that, bags with drinking yes and also like in that passage that i read it, it's those the, the the those um those like loosened neural pathways from when you're drinking like those connections become clearer to you you think they're clearer right you mm. you 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 can draw you can say oh you know what Aristotle is and Justin Bieber are really talking about the same shit at the end of the right. day right you know what I mean and you can draw these like obscure in the moment seemingly profound with maybe a kernel of profundity genuinely in them right um connections that that you're not making so I think it's like natural for someone who's like deep in the throes of alcoholism like Lowry to it, it's unavoidable for him to like see these connections and feel the need to express them you know and that's what makes drinking feel, although it's not a necessity at all, I would say, but to feel as though this is like a fuel that's actually making him like see something clear. Like he's not bound up by like whatever hangups happen when your full superego is like crouched over your shoulders, like dictating and filtering. Uh, and that's what I think makes the console by extension feel as though truth can only be accessed through this self-destructive thing and he's a martyr right and that makes him romanticize himself to the degree where he's willing to ignore every very simple sh slight shift that would be required to like like be salvation like every what's so frustrating about the book and what's so i liked about it is how simple you know in theory any of these changes he like could make would be to like fully reverse his situation from like a stumbling drunk guy in hell in a country that progressively hates him with no job to like a wife and like a house and like recovery and you know to use a medical term but you know what yeah. i mean like that's always like what's so frustrating and people might hate about this and book i can imagine is just like all, all every time it's just like jeffrey make one tiny little willful choice of your own and things are completely different yeah and i think i think you're right that that's what people some people might hate about this book but but what I is what is <laughs> what i loved about it and what's beautiful about it and true is that that's also what people hate about real life fucking alcoholics that they know it's the exact same fucking thing right, right. yeah yeah don't like, do it just, just <laughs> like just fucking stop dude just fucking stop right like they, i mean yeah. you know and like the console is is further down the line than like most most alcoholics that most people are gonna know right. like he's a, he's he's at the point where he's still in he, a house if he stops drinking he literally will die so like he he literally would need like you know the de the detox that he that would kill him so yeah. he he does he's not wrong right and that's that's the fucked up logic in his own head he's not wrong that he can't stop drinking uh like physiologically in a certain way now, you know, if we were really like being clinical about it, like, okay, you taper it off over time and and you have a slow coming down off the mountain, right? If you were really going for like sobriety or whatever. But that's his kind of like, you know, it, twisted internal logic is like, I literally can't, uh, uh, you know, I need this to be better and da, 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 da. So. Well, it's like, you know, like I, I think of Wallace, right? David Foster Wallace. Mm -hmm. Like agonizing about going off of his antidepressant which arguably that transition did kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because he was at once worried that his depression was an insight, but that also, uh, and that the drugs were like stifling him, you know, from, from being able to like feel emotions as deeply as he could in order to like write as well as he could. And then that immense fear of like the drug is the only like tiny little kickstand keeping my tottering form from just like completely collapsing. Right. Well, it's the, cl- it's, 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 I saw like a, I saw a meme one time about like, you know, someone, it was like, I'm, 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 I'm afraid that if I go on antidepressants, it's going to take away my spark, you know? And it's like, yeah, my edge. The, and then the next panel is like, they're, sp- you know, my spark. And then it's like them like laying naked in bed for 18 <laughs> hours a day. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. And depression is another one of those things, which I think is inevitably tied for me to this book of yeah. like arguably the, the the thing that initiates the drinking at a time when this wasn't like this kind of medication wasn't even like a thing. Uh, you know, I know people like this, the couple alcoholics that I knew personally for my family uh, had mental health issues were at a time when it wasn't uh, it was you were just weird or yeah, it was right. shameful. Right. Uh, so they became drinkers. And like, I, I can't imagine the console. I mean, like you get the consoles. I really love the whole like biography of the console's childhood. Same. Um, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. Because yeah, everyone, every, all the three main characters get, yeah. Like you said, their little bio solo, like, and Jeffrey. And then it's like, he does his little guitar solo of like, here's why he's fucked up. Yeah. Um, and I love the like whole, like his parents both died and he was like adopted by this like aristocratic English family and they all would go on huge hikes and play like rugby and shit. And then they would go and drink like 37 beers. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and he just, he just, he's just gotten this like hard drinking, like old English family. And like, that's sort of like how he went down the line. And then he was like sexually humiliated. Uh, right. On the golf course. On the golf course. Yep. Forget what I'll, happened. What happened there? It's like there's like this like Heath that like the boys would all go with bring their girls and like, you know, have sex there. And then uh I think Jeffrey like tried as like a young kid, like probably a teenager. Uh and I think he just kind of like couldn't do it. Could, but then, but like, but but he was he was walked in on, right? Larrell and then walks and, in on and then right? Laurel and then Laurel like catches him in the act which is the double the double insult of the cuckoldry because right exactly saw him as a child being unable to perform right yeah oh yeah oh yeah so i just i love that whole like build up and then also jeffrey you know he's really proud and ashamed at the same time of this like basically heroic but also like a war crime yeah, right. When he, when he when he throws the German U-boat soldiers in the fucking furnace, that was insane. Yeah, yeah. So he's got <laughs> a lot of this uh, stuff that he's uh, sitting with. I, I I like that because I know Freud was another you know sort of big influence, mm-hmm. like so like for so many, in terms of also just generating the symbolist movement in general. Right. Which this certainly is to me. So, okay, I got to take a piss. So what, how about, can we, let's pause for a second and then keep going. I'm going to go pee. And then Matt and I have been gushing. I want to hear why you hated this book, Paul. Where are we okay. at, by the way? 
we're at I, I didn't keep track of exactly when we started but we're probably like at an hour 20 all right we should probably wrap it up yeah you want to just wrap it up and then all right we'll wrap it page? up and then i'll go pee that's fine yeah okay so here's the deal we got a lot more to talk about yeah, we didn't really touch a ton numerology honestly. i want to hear what you think about like because lowry himself said like the characters he thought the characters were kind of bad in this book and like not important to the like the like greek kind of like fate story and i don't he said I he just didn't characterize them well and i completely and I disagree. disagree right so, okay, yeah. so i want to talk about that a little bit and then we you know we got a bunch of shit to talk about in the patreon segment i want to hear about paul's audiobook drama i want we <laughs> i want to talk about the first chapter the flash forward chapter we yeah. haven't touched on really and then we're gonna do uh, harry potter yeah oh yeah we're doing it all right now we're okay. gonna end this end, end the show right now uh in the main show but as i said if you want to hear our full discussion it'll be up on our patreon patreon.com slash spinecrackers our patreon supporters always get to hear our full thoughts off the chain off the leash as it were yeah look out and we After take dark we take questions from the patrons on discord which we have a few for this evening which will be interesting and um patreon.com slash spinecrackers leave us a review on apple podcasts so if we're wrapping it up here your disease ruined your marriage harry (laughs) (laughs) what if that was the next harry potter book because you know how like rowling gave us all of the like fanfic marriages at the end of the last harry potter book just harry's like a drunk like magical cia agent getting getting a a divorce he's getting divorced from Ginny. yeah (laughs) he's like he's just like he's like the guy from fucking like training day or like the shield (laughs) he's just like this drunk like a ministry of magic enforcer yeah that's a that would be sick actually of uh dr sleep i would oh yeah is that i never read it i never yeah. yeah, that's that's about the kid from The Shining growing up to be an alcoholic. Oh, we're right. bring, keeping I, the tradition alive, basically. Yeah, exactly, right. right. Yeah. So in, in case you're new to the show, this is the segment where we uh, take all the characters from the book we just read and put them in their respective Harry Potter houses, according to our judgment. I say, I mean, there's only three, right? Yeah, yeah. easy peasy. So let's start with uh, Hugh. Uh, I would say uh, bad Gryffindor. Okay, bad. Okay, why? I don't know. I think he's like um. Have you guys watched Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah. You know um Leslie's boyfriend, who is the guy from The Leftovers, in like season three or four. Not not, a few episodes. Not the main guy from The Leftovers, is he? Yeah, Yeah, not Thoreau. Is it Thoreau? Yeah, Thoreau's in there. Oh, I kind of forgot about that. Okay. Well doesn't help if you don't remember his character but he's like kind of just like a brave charismatic adventurer and def- i just th- I, I don't think he's like an evil guy hugh or the guy from parks and rec but there's a little bit of just like what, what are you doing like stop you know when he goes into like the bullfighting ring just to like you know do a do something exciting yeah it's like definitely it's definitely not slytherin but it's a little bit like gryffindor cringy yeah, cringe Gryffindor. My, I could see that. Go ahead. Man. Here's my hot take. Maybe they're all cringe Gryffindor. Whoa. I kind of agree. 
Well, oh, Hugh is just so, he's so cringe and soy to me. Like, like even that moment, Paul, when you said he jumps into the bull ring, like to like, you know, do something exciting and make something happen. For me, I feel like that's more out of like a look, Yvonne, look at me. Insecurity. Like, like insecurity sort of thing. It's not like this daring, I'm just going to, haha, like, you know, he's not like Johnny Knoxville. You know what I mean? He's not doing it for a, a good reason, which Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville think, is more like the console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could yeah. be. <laughs> death full like, death wish. And then I just find Hugh to be so, oh God, he's so simpy and so like just you know like the whole time like at towards the end of the book you know at the, at the beginning him and Yvonne kind of sneak off for this like lovely little play date and they're riding horses and they're in the the, the Mexican countryside and it's like Haha, oh my god this is so lovely and oh look look at this cute like brewery we stumbled upon like it's like <laughs> it's like what people it's like what I imagine people from Brooklyn do today when they go to Vermont you know what I mean um <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh yeah, man, that was, sucks that you said that. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's kind it, of it, it, it uh, is what it is, right? Like that's kind of yeah. what it is. If we're going with jackass metaphors, maybe he's a bit of a an Aaron McGinney. Remember that guy? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was like missing a tooth. Totally like right. Does well, if we're really things. going jackass metaphors? The console has to be Bam. Oh, I was about to right? say the cons the console's Ryan Dunn because oh, he's yeah. fucking dead. <laughs> huge, <laughs> F, huge F, huge F in the chat. Yeah. yeah, I would I would say Johnny Knoxville. He he's Johnny Knoxville. He's Bam, dude. He the console no, he's is Bam. Bam. <laughs> Just ruining his life with drugs and alcohol. How about how about instead of Hogwarts houses, it's which that was which jackass, jackass character? <laughs> well, at least that would appease our uh, our one negative uh, Apple podcast review, who's mad about the Harry Potter thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know. Whatever the cringiest house is, I feel like that's Hugh. I don't. I can't give him the Gryffindor because even him leaving, it was such. It was this cringy, like class fantasy about wanting to see the common man and like, the, you know, his whole like. But why can't that he, be negative he's, Gryffindor? He's, where he's, dis he's disappointed that the ship he winds up on isn't like his fantasy of like sailors swearing and drinking all the time. It's just like a bunch of guys who like chill and read books and like work on a fucking ship. And he's like disappointed by it, you know. I I don't know. But why can't that be shitty Gryffindor? I mean, like, I guess yeah, I feel like that's shitty. Gryffindor. Like Gryffindor, if they like toxic Gryffindoriality, I don't think would anything, be like. Uh, I don't think anything he does is brave or cool, though. It's all motivated. He's like always running from something, you know. Yeah, but it's like he's running from something and going into like kind of. He's still going into danger. situations. I guess. Yeah. All right. Fine. He's I'll doing like. Maybe Volman, he's like Volman. He goes does like journalism he is scary like, places. He is kind of like Volman. Because well, I, wanna, I wanna talk about the Volman afterward if anyone read it, if we have time. I mine didn't have it, so oh shit. Okay. But you can talk about it. Um yeah, it's not that interesting. Volman <laughs> I guess sucks. I guess I guess Yvonne is so, sort of more like Puff, maybe. Yeah, I, I think she's gotta puff. be Puff, right? She comes yeah. back out of this like perverse sense of loyalty and and her own issues i don't know yeah, yeah. she's very like battered wife like it just kind of like I, I yvonne's character was very interesting to me to be mm -hmm. honest like because you're right it's like her immediate motivations when you have already gotten to know the console and all these other people is like what the fuck is going on like why right like, you know we know kind of hughes the shape of what hughes after we know 
why the console kind of slid into his position. But we also have to talk about on the Patreon segment, we also have to talk about Peter Lorre in the hands of Orlack. Yeah, man. I almost watched that movie. I almost did too. I just didn't have the time. I I I've saw it. I know what it's about. Many many but... years ago, but yeah. Um, but I'd say yeah, Jeffrey Hugh, shitty Gryffindor. Yvonne, shitty, yeah, I think that's fair. Yvonne for Hufflepuff. I think that's fine. I'm st- I'm 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 not. I don't love this, but I I will assent to it. I just I can't see Ravenclaw or Griff or. Slytherin for either though. I so. can't see no, I can't see Slytherin. I can't see no, yeah. I guess process of elimination. All right. You're right. I'll take it. Listen, it's we're 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 performing surgery with a fucking butter knife, but like, you know, that's what we got. <laughs> right, right. Okay. All right. Words. So next segment is the Scrabble word. The word from the book yeah. that was new to us that we didn't know, or and or that would make a good Scrabble word. Yeah. And... I'll go first. All right, go ahead. Mutant. N-U-T-A-N-T. Mutant with an N. N-U. Uh, that's a new one. Newton. It's like uh, like X-Men. They were mutants, right? <laughs> God damn it, Paul. Yeah. In that, it'd be funny if this was what all the X-Men had, because this is what the word means. It's an adjective. It means with the top bent downward, drooping, nodding as a plant. That's... That's interesting. That would be a really bad. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's more like uh, that's that's more like Quasimodo. Right? Yeah, they're all just they're all just bent. Yeah. So yeah, that is describing something in his garden. It's a good one. Nice. Paul? Next. Philatelist. P h i l a t e l i s t. E t right. Oh, e t. Stamp collector. There you stamp go. Collector. Fillet- Did you, you knew that one, Matt? How'd you know that? What are you, a stamp collector? I just read it somewhere, man. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mine is Naphtha. N-A-P-H-T-H-A. Which is uh, a... It's basically like, like an a, acronym. Yeah, it kind of does, right? And yeah, National yeah, like Association NAFTA. of... Free Trade Agreement. Of, yeah... Penis humping something, something, something. Oh, come on, uh, bro. That's your improv for that? I mean, it's a lot of letters, dude. National I know, Association but... of penis humping twi- t- Twitter, Twitter, Twitter having assholes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It, it's, it's a fuel. It's basically like lighter fluid. It's like a type of lighter fluid, basically. It's, it's, a, it's like a fuel that you can like make a torch out of you know it's like i imagine like when they dip the fucking in game of thrones they dip the, the into the thing and then light it on fire you know it's that kind of thing they, they probably used it on the set of jackass yeah they probably have at some point yeah i think they okay. soak match old matches in it too i think that's probably where it came up because there's a there was some discussion of matches uh, yeah at various points um all right that means there's only one thing left to do and we gotta score, score it up, not score it up i give feel it like a i score. should go last because i'm gonna be a bummer I'll go one last. to five. Okay. I'm go. I get makes to go sense. last. It's my book. You go yeah, I just feel like it makes sense this time. I'll go first. I'll go last. first. I'll go. I'll go. Well, I'll go first. No, we have rules, Paul. Yeah, you have to go second. Okay, I'm gonna go first. Okay. This book, and I swear I wasn't influenced again by what Gabe was projecting this book to be, is a four point six for me. Based. Uh, I thought this was. Phenomenal. 
I thought it achieves the heights of things like Ulysses that we were talking about, but in like a completely different register. Um, I think it captures a lot of those like the agony of all of those like modernist quandaries which are still plaguing people like viscerally in a way that a lot of like modernism tackles incredibly academically um i think it evokes all of the uh the just pathetic and like sad but also profound emotions of the subject matter that is trying to tackle and like succeeds in having those stand in for like issues that transcend like the immediate setting or characters um i think i personally love this kind of prose um I don't know how much more to go into. I'll just, we'll talk about it in the second half and I can elaborate on other stuff, but uh, I just think it's great. Why wasn't it a five? Good question. That is a good question. You know what? I have a really, really, really difficult time figuring out what a perfect book is. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my problem and why I maybe haven't scored anything except one other book as a five. And that five was for a much shorter. It was single man. No, I think it was just. Or did I give you? you didn't. You've never Mountain given Lion a five. five. I think. I, I well, we yeah, but that wasn't. We didn't do that on the show. I don't I forget what you actually gave it. We've only given. Uh, there's only been one five on the show, and it was my rating of Percival Everett by Virgil Russell. Mm. Really? I thought I gave a single man a five. Well, you I might have. I, I don't think I, I have to go back and check. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's actually a really good question. I don't know how I would arrive at a, like you have this, the you have you know what you have you have the uh, this is a problematic reference and I don't mean to endorse this man but you have Dave Portnoy. My brother in law has made me watch a lot of Dave Portnoy pizza reviews, uh -huh. and uh, the, his philosophy is he'll never give a perfect score because there could always be a better one that you eat next. Damn, it, I might be in that quandary. <laughs> I mean, this is close. This is closer to a yeah. It's tough because what I also love are the imperfect like novels that like are big and kind of like like that. Uh, people keep referencing that like two si twenty six sixty six line of like you know the kind of the novels where a person an author is like banging their head against something that's like nearly impossible to you know articulate and therefore like set an impossible kind of quixotic tax for themselves where mm -hmm. they by the very nature of the struggle fail but it's just like just an awe-inspiring feat to watch or read or go through um which this book kind of is for me so i'll give it a 4.7 based cool Paul, I'm up. I'm up. You're up, baby. Counterpoint yeah. from Paul. Yeah, I mean, I partially was quiet this episode because I didn't want to like write. I didn't want to just. You guys both liked it. I didn't want to just like fight the whole time. And I love fighting, mood. dude. <laughs> I know you do, but I just like I. I just thought it would be not very 
useful, but I absolutely hated this book. Um, <laughs> well, I was texting Gabe and Matt early on when I first started. I was like, I hate this book so much. I don't want to read any book ever again. <laughs> um Paul's quitting the podcast actually yeah I was I was just like why 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 I just I couldn't stand it I initially I just didn't like the I don't like flowery writing at all normally and flowery I I I did end up liking um liking the writing probably the second half um I was ready to give it a flat out zero to begin with (laughs) but um (laughs) you know I I don't drink alcohol um I it it was kind of just like difficult for me to read for that reason alone. Like I didn't I didn't like the romanticization aspect of it at all. Um so I I think I was reading it from a different point of view. I just read it as like, you know, Lowry is just like a really fucking sad man, and this is like a definitely an artistic vision, and I appreciate what he did for sure. I don't think it was like when I first started reading it, I thought he was like propelling this idea that alcohol is awesome but i don't think that's what he was saying i think he was like tragically engulfed by this addiction and he was just displaying his experience i don't know if that's true at all um but aside from just like the alcohol aspect which was just like off-putting i mean i hated the characters i i thought there was some i just hated the constable or the console i just thought he was just a sad boy in adult man's body just wandering about around Mexico as this like foreign backdrop to his like white man, English sadness. And I thought it was <laughs> pathetic. Um, it is. It is though. That's also true though. Yeah. But yeah, I also thought it was kind of racist to be like, I'm just, uh, this is like the perfect environment for me to be sad and lonely. And cause I'm white and it's so foreign and I'm in Mexico mm-hmm. and oh my God, mm-hmm. it's so different. Yeah. And I hate, I hate that. Um, I I didn't like like anything that they were talking about with each other when they were talking about anything. It was like the, what they chose to talk about, like at the bar or at the fucking cafe bar or whatever. I was like, shut the fuck up. You know what I was thinking of? You know, in the part, the part in. um, Oh, fuck. What's that movie with Matt Damon and uh, Robin Williams? Goodwill Hunting or Goodwill no hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. You know, the part with the how about them apples? And the, the guy he does it to, like the guy the Louis from, C.K. bit, yeah. The guy from Harvard who's got like a blue button up and a white and a ponytail blonde yeah. hair. You read your garden wood and you regurgitate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time I was that I just had that guy's picture in my head and I was like, that guy would love this fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, there's a there's an element of me just like I really don't like the literary world focusing like oh this is a top 20 best book of the last century is it just because it's about a drunk white guy who's sad i i just i i I couldn't get that thing out of my head it's just like fuck you like there's other shit to write about um all right paul's so paul's paul's announcing here he's only picking books by authors of color and underrepresented authors going forward Well, my next two picks are percival everett and then a book written in 2022 so all right, yeah. based, based. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to give it a zero, but I hated it a lot. I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> I, life's still worse for having read it. Nice. It yeah. is. It is worse. It is worse. I hated realizing the fact that like, oh, so many people in this world that I am 
in with you guys love this book and I feel alienated and it makes me feel bad about myself for not having that connection with the rest of the literary audience. So I feel alienated. So it did make my life worse. Fair. Fair. All right. I, I love mean, that. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think, I mean, like, <clears throat> this is a long discussion. It'd be a long discussion for another, another podcast, uh, like, you know, New Year's episode or something. But like, you know, I, I, I told everything you, you've said is taken well, you know, I think, uh, when do we, when do we get sick of like white guys being sad? Right. I totally get that. I, I had that conversation around all the hoopla about the, 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 the COVID, um, Bo Burnham special. I kind of was in your position with respect to that. Everyone was like popping off as the greatest thing ever. I felt that way about it too. And I, I was kind of just, and I was a little bit just side. like, oh, yeah, another one of these. Okay. You know, I, 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 I think the valence of that is very different for like a new product in the 2020s versus something from the thirties, uh, let alone, yeah, you know, from, let alone or, or twenties even, right. This is from the, yeah. The, when he, when this was originally published, right. Or no, no. 30s 30s he wrote it for 10 years but yeah 30s. yeah yeah well, yeah yeah um and so so yes it's like a it's like a yes but thing for me you know what i mean and like and i and i think to sort of put the the faults and there are many with like the idea of a canon onto like one book i i, I don't you know what i'm saying i don't i don't i don't whatever we can talk about disagreements before i'll say what i think about the fucking book um and I would also just add, like, if you look at, like, the, a list of, like, the greatest books, this is often even not on those lists, because it's, I think, for what reasons Matt was saying, like, a lot of people just skip it, you know, for whatever reason. Anyway, I thought this is, this might be my favorite book of all, of all time now. Uh, I I found it to be just, like, unbelievably insightful and real and beautiful in the writing and uh you know to, to me this is like this is the juice man you're talking about the human fucking condition and what we're trying to fucking do with this fucking crazy thing we call life man shout out cliff but this book makes me want to talk a little bit like cliff it's 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 uh you know like i just found it to be like oh matt's gone all right it's fine he'll come back hopefully um maybe i'll pause and we can wait for him so we can whatever all right so matt's hopefully going to be able to come back soon anyway anyway long story short uh i think if you're talking about like some of the loftiest goals of literature about the human condition like what do we do with our life what is it what does it all kind of fucking mean, man? You know, all those cringy things that people talk about when they talk about literature. I think, I think this is like one of the books. I think this is fucking, this is needs to be in the conversation with fucking Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and, and Virginia Woolf and, and, you know, whoever else you would put in that conversation. I think this is, this has to be there. And if it's not there, you're coping. Uh, this is, this is like some Anna Karenina, fucking brothers k type shit popping off here moby dick type shit and that's that's what i think so for me 
maybe I'm being pers- your favorite book. I, I know, I know, but I, 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 I sort a, of the mountain, the lion, the mountain lion, or whatever, a five. Fuck it, it's a five, bro. Fuck it. There we go. It's a five. I'd love to see a five. Fuck it, it's a five point zero. If I if I can't give a book like that, I feel like this five point zero. Then I don't know when else I would drop the five. It's your new favorite book. You I can't think give it a five. I think it might five. be. Yeah, I think it might be. It's definitely in the mix. Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. All right. Well, we're gonna jump. Hopefully, Mac can get his shit together for the Patreon segment. And uh, if you want to hear that. Uh, patreon.com slash spinecrackers apple podcast reviews my dog's fucking hawking up a loogie we're gonna answer uh discord well my door just flew open scarily oh shit discord questions ghosts like really windy here um yeah discord questions oh man yeah we're back on we're doing discord questions we're doing getting in deep we're gonna fight and uh get naked on the on the video which is mm-hmm. you're not gonna see, not gonna see and that's it so we'll happen. see you in the patreon segment matt welcome back i uh i dropped i i i, I was pers- i was toying with the point the portnoy attitude but paul convinced me i fuck it i'm dropping a five i'm dropping a five bomb uh five bags of popcorn from Gabe. five bags of popcorn for this one six seconds. right on i need to beat my own my own internal demons with that one i think <laughs> yeah I get it. All right. I well, wish I could have heard your eloquent defense, but uh, I'll tell goodbye, you. Everybody. I'll tell you when we pause. We'll see y'all in the Patreon segment. Bye. 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 Bye.